All right, our topic tonight is the reason that men never know what their wives or girlfriends are actually saying. And we didn't know the reason for that until we got PET scans. And now we've got the PET scans, and it's great fun. Let's start with brain benders, top left. Double trouble, second on the left. Brain doesn't care if the letters go forwards or backwards. First word is happy. Happy for what? For you. Happy for you. Third on the left. Break up. Fourth on the left. First word is night. And what's after it? What does AM stand for in Australia? Morning. The morning after the night before. Top right. Split infinitive, second on the right. The word is dice, how many? So double dice, what's another word for double? Another word? If you have two shoes, you have a what? A pair. All right, so paradise. Third on the right. Moving up, fourth on the right. Good, the odds are against us. Excellent. Admittedly, these were a little harder, but you still did pretty well. basic languages underlie every language and dialect on this planet and those happen to be male speech and female speech unfortunately few people are gender bilingual they really do not understand the other individual's language and when they don't they tend to take things personally overreact, jump to conclusions, argue, and it's a ridiculous waste of time and energy. Typically, you grow up learning your own gender language, but not always. Let's say that you are an only child, you are female, you are being raised with two brothers and a father as a single parent. By the time you go to school, you probably understand male speech really well. But unless you have been around other women, you may not have learned female speech. And what happens with this type of girl is until she learns female speech, if she does, she's much more comfortable around men and boys because she speaks that language. And so the girls are always wondering, how come she's getting along with these guys and therefore she gets ostracized by the girls? Sometimes you will have a boy who's raised with sisters, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, 
and he learns to speak female. This can be equally problematic. Now he gets a little older and starts hanging out with little boys, and they're looking at him wondering what's wrong with him because he talks like their mother does. The ideal, of course, is to become gender bilingual. And it gets to be really fun once you understand how different the languages are. So you don't automatically become bilingual, even if you grew up with a mother and a father. It really depends on who you bonded with in terms of understanding that parent best. And we usually understand one parent better than another. So it's a choice to learn both languages. Uh, It takes practice. And here's the kicker. When you are under stress, you always revert to your native language. And as long as you can understand that and manage your stressors, then you will revert uh, less quickly. I love these quotes. Russell Hoban says, After all, when you come right down to it, how many speak the same language even when they speak the same language? And that's one of the things I have fun with when I travel because I'm supposedly in an English-speaking country. And the United States and Canada are supposedly English-speaking countries. But boy... Some of the phrasing is very different, and, and a lot of the words mean something different. We are a people divided by a common language. I love that. So here's an example of how we are divided. Jane leaves a shopping list on the kitchen table for her husband. It reads, We need a quart of milk and a carton of eggs. And if they have avocados, get 12. After finding 12 quarts of milk and 12 cartons of eggs crammed in the fridge, Jane asks him, what's with all the milk and eggs? What is it, gentlemen? They had avocados. Brilliant. Although you usually have to explain that to her. She has no idea of the connection. And that's one of the examples of differences between the languages. So there's some brain differences. At birth, in the female brain, the left hemisphere is more developed than the right, and all language is loaded in the left hemisphere. At birth, in the little boy's brain, the right hemisphere is more developed. There is no speech in the right hemisphere whatsoever. There are gestures that you can use as body language. And it's kind of fun to know some of those things. Supposing that you cut somebody off on the freeway and they roll down the window and start yelling at you. Which hemisphere are they using? The left hemisphere, because that's where Brokaw's area is, audible speech. But supposing, instead of screaming at you, they stick their arm out of the window and make some interesting gestures, which I will not demonstrate, and flip you the bird. What side of the brain are they using? None. (laughs) Well, that may be true, but let's suppose they are flipping you the bird. What side are they using? 
the right hemisphere where there's gesturing. So you can see that from other things we've talked about earlier this week, certainly the male brain is larger, even corrected for size. It's heavier and larger. And which of these two brains represents then the male brain? The bottom one with the small uh, corpus callosum. And this would be the female brain with a much, much larger corpus callosum. And again, it's not good or bad, right or wrong, but this allows the male brain to function as two pretty much independent brains. Because you guys can be in one side and the other side, I mean, is just idling. And if you want to move across the corpus callosum, then you turn off all the lights and electricity and so on. And you move across into this side, turn on the lights, electricity. It's really a much more efficient brain in terms of energy. It takes much less energy to run the male brain. So the female brain is smaller, and yet it has the same number of neurons as the male brain, which means in our brains, they're just packed in there, crammed. Speaking, girls speak earlier. Usually they speak faster. I'm trying to speak more slowly on purpose because I realize I have this egregious accent. So I'm trying to be clear by 20 months of age girls have up to three times the vocabulary of the average boy you do catch up but not in speed and not in number of words spoken per day the female brain in the brain centers related to language and in hearing there it's much denser than in the male brain, 11% more neurons in those parts of the brain. Only in, in the female brain, 100% of all vocalizations involve speech. Male brain, only 60% involve speech. The other 40% are noise sounds. And uh, I learned that pretty quickly with my three sons. I cannot even mimic the sounds they would make. And it's really interesting, you know, the PA guru who was helping me with my mic tonight, he's testing the mic. He's not saying any words. You know, when he hands it to me, I'm saying, testing, testing. This is Arlene Taylor. We're checking the level of the mic. He's going, I can't do it. Clicking and whatever. I mean, that's the 40%. I can't even do it. And in adulthood, if a male chooses to swear, the research suggests that, what is, that those are ejaculatory noise words rather than real language. Females never swear unless they have been taught to swear. And the fastest way to teach them is to have a parent who swears. And then they may pick it up pretty quickly. McGill University, Montreal, doing wonderful research on male-female brains, have identified 12 specific areas of the brain that 
are, that differ between male and female brains. Three of those areas are larger in the female brain, and no surprise, they have to do with language comprehension and perception of emotion. Nine of the 12 areas are larger in the male brain. We know, for example, we talked about this yesterday, that the space in the brain devoted to sexual activity and to aggression are much larger in the male brain. But that leaves seven other areas that are larger, and researchers can't really pinpoint what the significance is. And we may learn more about that with additional research. But right now, we just know there's seven areas in the male brain that are larger, and nobody's sure what that means. Gray matter peak is a little bit earlier in the female brain by about a year, um, about age 12 in the male brain. Now, speech centers. I mentioned that language is loaded in the left hemisphere regardless of handedness. So up here in the left frontal lobe is where Brokaw's area is, named after Paul Brokaw, who said, I think we do audible speech out of this part of the brain, and that was before brain scans. I'm always amazed when people take that leap and figure that out. In the female brain, this left hemisphere not only has the primary speech center, Brokaw's area, but it has the potential for multiple speech centers. That probably contributes to the fact that women speak more words per day, but it also means that they are at less risk for becoming aphasic after an injury. Down here in this posterior chunk of brain tissue is where Wernicke's center is. That's when you hear speech sounds and you're able to decode them. That's where you read words, write words. All comes out of the same part of the brain. The, oh, this is an error. This should say write. Of course, correct that in your brain. The right hemisphere has no potential for multiple speech centers. And so the male who has a more developed right hemisphere and one speech center and no multiple sites for speech on the left is pretty much relegated to that one particular piece of software. So you want to be really careful about taking care of your brain. That is if you want to speak the rest of your life. In the States, we just have had a great deal of trouble getting boys to wear helmets. They don't think it's macho. And of the two genders, it's the boys that need to wear the helmet. The female brain has higher blood flow rates to the brain, 15 to 20% higher. That means they're at increased risk for a stroke that's related to bleeding. One of the blood vessels bursts, a hemorrhagic stroke. But because they've got higher blood flow, they have a decreased risk for a stroke that involves a blood clot because the blood is swishing through the brain a little bit faster. And the opposite is true for males. They have decreased risk for hemorrhagic stroke, but an increased risk for a stroke related to blood clots. 
and they have lower blood flow to the brain that may have to do with the energy piece because they often are only using one hemisphere at a time so the damage potential is this any female who has a brain injury stroke for whatever reason trauma is at much lower risk for losing audible speech meaning she could technically have Brokaw's area wiped out give her a month give her six weeks another one of those speech centers will just pick up and go on and you'd hardly know that she had the injury in most cases in the United States you may remember the name Nixon for a variety of reasons Uh, Pat Nixon his wife had a hemorrhagic stroke about six weeks after her stroke there was a big convention political convention and uh, her husband wanted her to speak and she was ready she gave a wonderful speech and if you had not known that six weeks ago she was absolutely aphasic you would have had no idea because in six weeks another speech center had taken over males are at higher risk for loss of speech and for permanent injury after a stroke trauma concussion so it's critical that males wear helmets it's critical for everybody but especially for the male brain the problem with concussion is huge in the United States I don't know if you've been following the news there have been some huge lawsuits from football players who are claiming that the league did not provide them with adequate helmets and um, alter some of the rules of the game and so on anything to do with boxing is lethal if you have picked up Muhammad Ali trying to do an interview on the television lately you know how pathetic it is he cannot string two phrases together and he's got this pugilistic tremor that's not Parkinson's but acts like Parkinson's disease it's actually called pugilistic Parkinson's and when you're 15 25 you don't always think about what you're going to be like when you're 65 and 75 I would not allow my boys to play any games that required heading of the ball they were not very happy with me I told them there are plenty of sports they could play but not anything that headed the ball which in America is certainly soccer and they had to wear helmets even when they were little guys riding their tricycles well they're 48 49 and 50 now I'm glad I lived so long because they heard Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay being interviewed not long ago with his outcome of pugilistic Parkinson's and one of them called me up and said mom you know I was really ticked when you wouldn't let me play some sports he says I just watched a television program he said I want to thank you for making me wear a helmet and I said do you mean to tell me that after you left the house and were around the corner you didn't take your helmet off 
He said, no, Mom, actually I didn't because I kept thinking, if I get in an accident and she finds I took my helmet off, they'll be held to pay. (laughs) So he's got pretty much his marbles, such as they are. Okay, speech styles. Speech styles. This is where you really begin to understand the difference between the two speeches. Female speech is a language of connection. The average female speaks at least 60,000 words a day. Language is used to create intimacy, establish rapport, express feelings, process information and they use language to bond with each other chatter 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 this happened to me this happened to me sharing information male speech is very different male speech is a language of independence and a male who's quite verbal probably gets out about 12,000 words a day Uh, Of course, there's a lot of sounds in addition, but we're talking about actual words. And they use most of them at work. So here can be a real gender problem. Let's say that uh, you're making enough money to afford to have your wife stay home with the children. That is pretty rare these days, but let's say that happens. So she's at home all day with these little brains that aren't really giving her a whole lot of conversation and if she doesn't understand this and doesn't have really good women friends that she can call up and talk to for a couple hours a day while she's taking care of the kids she has a lot of words to use up when her husband gets home he's used most of his up at work and as Dr. Dobson says the average male coming home from work has a couple of yeses a couple of noes and a couple of shrugs left. And then he gets inundated with language because she's desperate to use her words up. You know, you can't save them for the next day. You gotta use them up today. So it's really important for women to have good women friends so they can use up their words because it can be a little overwhelming to males. It can take a lot more energy and we've got the PET scan information to show you so males use speech to instruct to negotiate to exhibit skill to convey information and to preserve autonomy they do not bond through language they bond with other boys and men through humor and physicality that was a bit of a shock for me with my three stepsons. I met their father when they were nine months old, um, year and a half and two and a half. And we got married when they were three, four, and five. And I was unprepared for the level of physicality of those little boys. And I remember probably second grade, one night, one day after, I'm picking the kids up at school, and here I see. Mark and his this other little kid walking across the playground toward me and they looked like they had been in World War III, I kid you not. Their clothes were torn, you know, one of them had a bloody nose, they were sweaty, dirt, scratched, and so on. And I got out of the car and I said, Mark, what happened? 
Oh, he said, we banged each other up a bit, Mom. Now we're best friends. (laughs) I don't think so. But that's what happened. They punch each other and wrestle and all kinds of things, and that's one of the ways that they bond. Can't imagine it. Female speech is very indirect. It is a language that suggests a course of action. It often asks a question as the start of a conversation. Maybe we could... Why don't we? It would be nice if... And so on. And they often talk about how they feel. I feel like we should do such and such. Well, the male brain... Just feel is not a kind of word that they use in everyday conversation. And so they often tend to think that the female is coming across as very un, in, you know, uncertain, uh, unsure of herself. And I feel is very subjective. So they often discount what she's saying. Avoid doing that. The male speech is direct, literal, concrete. Uh, It's used to argue, and it's used to be very directive, to command things. Come here, go there, do this, yes, no. There's none of this suggestion. And the male will usually say, I think, and he may not know as much as the female who says, I feel, but think is a more objective word. And so people think he thinks he really knows, and he may not. So the takeaway for females is never use the word I feel when you're talking with a group of males because it will sound like subjective. They'll start thinking emotions and feelings and it it won't get you very far. Female speech contains a meta message. Male speech has no meta message, meaning... The real content of what the female is saying often is not in the words. It's in the meta-message. And if you're female, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you pick it up all the time. If you're male, it's very confusing. Because a female will say something, you miss the meta-message, and then you're puzzled by the response you get. And I'm not sure how to really teach males a meta message but if you are unsure about what she just said ask her is this what you meant and nine times out of ten she'll say no because of the meta message so in male speech what the person says is usually very direct it's what you mean what you hear is what you get not with female speech Males have a sober, resting facial expression. Women have been socialized to run around with a little Mona Lisa grin pasted across their face. You look semi-happy all the time, even if you're not. I cannot demonstrate for you because I have completely erased the Mona Lisa grin from my face. The deal is, if you're happy, smile. If you aren't happy, don't smile. 
Women smile when they're not happy. Men don't smile when they are. It can be very confusing. So picture that there's a man and a woman driving the car from here to Newcastle. And it's a warm day. And after a few minutes, she looks at him and he says, and she says to him, Are you thirsty? And what is he going to answer? Yes or no. He will literally answer the question. He misses the meta message completely. The meta message is, I'd like to have a conversation about thirst. He misses the message. He says, nope, I'm not thirsty. Keeps driving. Ten minutes later, she is just steaming. I mean, it's coming out her ears. He looks at her and she's just huffing over there. And he goes, what's wrong? Nothing. What's the meta message? I'm ready to kill you, man. Now, if two women were driving from here to Newcastle, and one of the women said, Are you thirsty? She will either say, uh, No, but are you? Or, Yeah, I'm thirsty. You want to talk about stopping to get some, something to drink? And then they'll have a 15-minute conversation about what they'd like to drink, when they'd like to stop and have it, where they'd like to have it, because they got the meta message. So it's a big problem when you don't understand that. So you guys, if, if a woman says to you, are you thirsty, feel free to answer the question. But if you want to have good relationships, then you might think to say, yeah, there must have been a reason she asked the question. Um, are you thirsty? And she will just think you speak female and you can do no wrong. <laughs> now, if two guys are driving together, no meta message, and the driver is thirsty, he just pulls off when he sees someplace he thinks he can buy a drink. He doesn't say anything to his mate in the other seat. He just hops out of the car and goes into McDonald's and figures if the other guy's thirsty, he's on his own. No conversation whatsoever. Comes back with his drink and they go on. Men can take a three or four hour trip and never say a word. Just a couple of grunts, you know that. Women would feel like the trip had not been any fun if there wasn't conversation. So that's another thing to pay attention to. Now here's the deal. When a couple is dating, the brain automatically goes into whole brain nurturing, which means the male gets a little bit more verbal than he ordinarily is. And sometimes the woman thinks, man, I found a man that'll talk to me. This is fabulous. And he signs on the dotted line and shuts up. It's, it's really a shock to the woman. So remember to save a few words a day for the person you care most about. The bottom line, this is another problem. 
The male thinks and speaks and writes in bottom line language. There is no bottom line in female speech. None. Females typically start at the very beginning of anything and tell the whole entire story from the time Hector was a pup to now. Males don't do that. They just mention the bottom line. And male speech is shorter sentences, primarily nouns and verbs. Remember, it's very directive. Go here, do that, come here, hold this, take that. Whereas female speech uses way more adjectives and adverbs. And so they can, they can sound a whole lot more enthusiastic than the male. And this can be confusing. Some friends and I were going to dinner at a new restaurant in the Napa Valley. And as we were entering, we saw a man and his wife coming out that also worked at Adventist Health. And we knew them. And one of the women said, oh... Did you just eat here? And you could just see the man thinking, well, what do you think I've been doing here? I'm not here to get a haircut. (laughs) And the woman says, yes, we just ate here. It was absolutely fabulous. It's one of the most wonderful meals I've ever had. The dessert was stupendous. I can hardly wait to come back. Male has not said a word. They look at him and they go, well, did you like it? Was it good? And he goes, it's good. If you didn't know anything about male and female speech, what would you think? It was a marginal experience for him. It was an orgasmic experience for her. So one of the other people in our group said, wait a minute, have we got some male-female differences going on here? She said, hey, you two. On a scale to 1 to 10, give me a number. How was the meal? And the guy, not looking at her, says, 8. And they looked at the woman and she said, yeah, I'd give it an 8, but man, it is a good solid 8. It is a really, really top (laughs) 8. So often, people think a man is not as enthusiastic about something as he is. So men, when you're talking to a female, if you are enthusiastic, you're going to have to show it a little bit because they don't understand these one-word sober face responses. Good. Okay. Like the man who had his 40th birthday and his wife cooked him a wonderful dinner. She knocked herself out. All his favorite things. He didn't say anything during the meal to speak of. Didn't say anything at the end of the meal. And she's sitting there thinking, I worked four hours on this dinner. She looks at him and she said, well, did you enjoy your dinner? And he goes, "Uh uh-huh. She said, did you really enjoy your dinner? And he goes, honey, I ate it, didn't I? I promise you she will not work four hours next year for his birthday dinner because the brain only repeats behaviors for which it gets a reward. Uh Uh-huh. I ate it, didn't I? Is not a reward. 
So if you want something repeated, you're going to have to provide a little bit of enthusiastic reward. The bottom line, here it is. I'm on my bottom and you're on the line. (laughs) Women have a lot of trouble with the bottom line. You can learn to do it, but it is a thoughtful process. Because by the time we get to the bottom line at the end of the story, the guys are no longer tuned in because it takes too much energy to listen to the whole story. They only want the bottom line. They may listen for a few minutes, but it's the energy is just pouring over like Niagara Falls, and pretty soon they're no longer listening. She gets to the bottom line and says, so what do you think? And he goes, about what? And now there's a problem. So let's talk about hearing, because that has a great deal to do. Hearing and listening and decoding. The bad news, gentlemen, is that you start out with less acute hearing. And it just goes downhill from there. Far more men wear assistive hearing devices in later life than women. And the male brain has word deafness. Any word that sounds very similar to another word, call, hall, ball, wall, doll, although I know that's my accent, it's it's difficult. And they'll say, did you say such and such? And the woman will say, no, I didn't say that. I said wall. Well, if you understand women that they have some word deafness, then you can get be a little bit more patient. Because it can be frustrating if you don't know that. And they're always asking for a word that you didn't say. They do focus better with some distraction in the environment. That's always been a problem for me because as a musician, if if I'm listening to music, I'm listening to music. But as a female, if I'm talking, I'm really focused on talking. I can do one or the other. So when company comes to our house, I never have background music playing because I'll start listening to the music and miss the conversation. Although I know it would be easier for the men if the music was playing. They could attend better. But since I fixed the dinner, I get to have it quiet. Lower, word of, uh, lower incidence of word deafness in the females. Much more acute hearing. They're born with better hearing in general. But again, more easily distracted by sounds. I heard the water dripping last night. It interfered with my thought process. I don't think any of the men were focused on the water dripping, but I heard it. I mean, it dripped right there. I even remember where it dripped. (laughs) So the practical application for males and females for this aspect of hearing is that if it's all females, they usually do better in a quiet environment. Males are just the opposite. And I told you about telling my boys they could not listen to music while they did homework because that doesn't work for, for a female brain. Bell curve female brain, anyway. And then we got this information and I had to apologize and tell them they could listen to music. And their homework got done more quickly and their grades went up. I mean, who knew? 
Some women will listen better if they're taking notes or knitting or crocheting or doing something like that, but that is a small band of the group. Uh, And men often listen better walking around. I was talking to a young man not too long ago whose mother had finally got this information. He sent me an email, 14 years old, pretty impressive, and he goes, Dr. Taylor, I want to thank you for saving my life. (laughs) And that's all he said. Well, I didn't recognize him, and I was unaware of saving anybody's life recently. So I emailed him back, and I said, well, I'm delighted to know I saved your life, but how did that happen? And he goes... My mom heard a lecture you gave, and she's now letting me do homework listening to music. He says, my grades have gone up. He says, this is just wonderful. Uh, You just changed my life. So if you've got boys that want to listen to music, I bought my guys headphones. I didn't want to hear it, and they didn't want to hear the same kind of music. So we were arguing about what they listened to. I just bought them headphones and said, go for it. I just don't want to hear it. Now, PET scan studies, and this is some of the most interesting male-female difference research that I'm aware of. So remember, language is loaded in the left hemisphere. There are two temporal lobes, one on the left side and one on the right side. So you put a female in a PET scan camera and you ask her to listen to a variety of types of voices, male, female, young, old, and she will use both temporal lobes, both sides of the brain, regardless of gender or age or type of voice. You put a male in a PET scan camera, and he only uses one hemisphere at a time. And the hemisphere he chooses to use will depend on the gender of the speaker. So, females will be decoding speech here in Wernicke's area, temporal lobe, that has an 85% advantage for decoding speech sounds. They will also be decoding non-speech sounds in the right hemisphere, tonality of voice, prosody, inflection, sarcasm, all of that stuff. When a male is listening to another male speak, he is doing that in his left hemisphere in Wernicke's area. And the right hemisphere is dark. No lights on, nothing's going on there, it's idling. When he tries to decode a female voice, the opposite happens. Nothing lights up in Wernicke's area in the left side of the brain. Nothing. What lights up is the right temporal sound center where you decode a melody line of music. And this part of the brain only has a 15% advantage for speech sounds because it's largely devoted to listening to melody lines of music and processing the music of speech. So with only a 15% advantage for speech sounds, it's no wonder when the male tries to decode female speech, they get tired very quickly. And they do. 
That's the reason you have to learn to give them the bottom line if you want them to stay tuned in. I was having this, making this presentation for a weekend couples retreat, and we talked about this. Woman uh, came up to me after and she said, You know, my husband never listens to me. She said, We'll be at breakfast. He's drinking his coffee and putting his marmite on his bread and whatever. And uh, sometimes he's reading the paper or sometimes the TV is on and he's watching the news. And I'll be talking to him because I have lots of things to tell him. And sometimes he doesn't look like he's listening. And I'll say, are you listening to me? And he'll go, "Uh uh-huh. And then a few minutes later, I'll say, what did I just say? And he tells me something that I said three weeks ago. And she says, that just makes me so mad. I said, well, if he loves the sound of your voice, it actually helps him read the paper or listen to the TV better because it's distraction in the environment. The kicker is that he's listening to you with the right hemisphere that's got this 15% advantage for speech sounds, and he will not stay tuned in till the end of your recital. I said, if you give him the bottom line first, he'll ask questions if he wants more information. If he doesn't, he's got the bottom line. Go tell the whole story to your girlfriend. She says, I'm going to go home and try talking to him differently. I thought, well, that could be interesting. She calls me uh, several days later and she said, oh, I have a story to tell you. So I sat down because I know I'm going to get it from the time Hector was a pup. Okay, female speech. So I sat down. I said, so what happened? Well, she says, we were at breakfast this morning. And he was reading the paper and drinking his coffee, and I was chattering away, and I asked him a couple times, are you listening to me? And he said, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she said, I stopped, didn't say a word for a minute, and then I took a deep breath, and I said, Harry, we're going on the QE2 next Monday, round-the-world tickets. She said, he heard me. I said, well, that was the bottom line. Oh, yeah, she said, but he dropped his paper, spilled his coffee, knocked his chair over and said, what, what did you do? So if it's important, just give him the bottom line. Of course I'm listening. Your voice is music to my ears. I just have no idea what you just said. So if you're female... And you want him to hear what you're saying, then there's some things you need to do. You need to lower your voice pitch. Because the more you sound like a male voice, there's a possibility that he'll start decoding you in the left hemisphere. That's got an 85% advantage for decoding speech sounds. And it doesn't have to be horribly low but it has to be lower than you ordinarily use when you chatter if you came to visit me in California this is about my voice pitch Uh, softer higher Uh, sounds like I'm asking a question even if I'm not 
because the inflections always seem to go up at the end of the sentence for female speech. And that's the reason that when women are talking to men, they think either they don't know what they're talking about or they're asking for help, so they tell them what to do and she gets mad, and so on and so forth. My speaking voice is very different. It's a couple of pitches lower, it's louder, it's more direct, and sometimes males get it. So it depends what your goal is. Tell the stories to your girlfriends and uh, talk to males in a way that their brain will decode it. Try to keep your voice tones even because males speak in a very, very monotone voice. Whereas females, when they get excited, their voice goes really, really high. And then it really does sound like a a melody line of music. And they can't pick up any of the words. So keep your inflections down. You're not asking for help. You're just telling him something. And give him the bottom line first. If you have listened to the difference between males and females taking telephone calls, you've got it down. Not too long ago, my husband answered the phone, and this is how the conversation went. Hello? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, good. Bye. (laughs) Is that not what you often hear? It's a series of one or two word bottom lines. So I'm sitting there wondering who he's talking to. When he's done, I said, uh, who is that? Your favorite Aunt Isabel. Really? Well, what did she say? Everything's fine. (laughs) I said, but I'd like to know what's fine. Eh, Everything's fine. So I get on the phone and I say, Aunt Isabel, I just listened to a one-sided conversation. And the, uh, when I asked my husband what was going on, he said, everything's fine. I want to know what things are fine. Okay, so 15 minutes later, I know that the cat has had kittens. The parakeet died. Uh, my cousin is pregnant for the third time. My aunt is going to Bangkok for a vacation. Everything's fine. <laughs> But I want to know the detail. And so uh, don't ask him for it. Just get it yourself. So if you're male and you want to decode what a female is saying, and I am perfectly clear that you do not always want to even know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but if you want to know then there's some things you're going to have to do. When she starts talking, ask her to speak up. 
because men tend to miss a lot. You really do. Someone's whispering, and you don't even know they're whispering. And if the voice is pretty low, you're not going to pick it all up. So ask her to speak up, but whatever you do, keep your voice low, quiet, because otherwise you'll sound like you're shouting. Biggest complaint that I get often from women who are having um, communication problems with their husbands. A couple came to my office the other day. She said, we have a problem understanding each other. And he goes, I don't think we have a problem. And she goes, see, he's always shouting at me. He goes, I'm not shouting. Well, to her hearing, which she can hear sounds that are 10, 15 decibels um, lower, softer than anything that gets a man's attention. He sounds like to her that he's shouting. And so now she gets all upset. So he says, I just have a loud voice. I said, well, your wife thinks you're shouting at her all the time. Goes, well, I'm not. And I'm finding it kind of loud. So I go to the cupboard. I pull out two pairs of earplugs. I put mine in and I hand her a set of earplugs and I said to him, okay, fine, start talking. I'm sure that it'll be just about the right decibel level. And it was. So if you have a male with a very large voice and he does not know how to turn down the volume, wear earplugs. You know, you can still hear through them, but it will tone down the decibel level just a little bit. So ask her for the bottom line and she may scramble around trying to figure out what the bottom line is or she'll say you know there's no bottom line I just want to tell you about something that happened yesterday (sighs) you're going to have to decide how much energy you have and I'm serious because to stay tuned in for a whole story told by a female in female speech is going to take a lot of energy the trick is if you knew how long the story was then you could tune out for a while and when you tuned in periodically and figured out where they were in the story (laughs) then you'd get the bottom line but you never know for sure how long it's going to take It can take five minutes to an hour and five minutes. So ask her for the bottom line. And if you're really, really tired, you see, women don't know what they're thinking till they hear themselves say it. That's a big male-female difference. Males think silently and internally and only want to state something once they've come to a conclusion. That is not how the female brain works. When the female brain's trying to make a decision, the most effective way for her to get there is just open her mouth and start talking. And it usually takes about 15 minutes of talking to come to your first conclusion. Takes about 15 minutes in a male brain to come to the conclusion, but he won't be saying anything. So that's sometimes kind of a Uh, a rule that you can use gentlemen you know kind of just keep your eye on on the clock 
and think about whatever you want and then about you know 12 or 13 minutes tune back in and see if it sounds like she's getting to the end of it anywhere near close and then you can you know pick up the bottom line otherwise it's going to go like this let's say you come home from work and you say i just got the dates for a two-week vacation we have to decide where to go well in order to decide where to go she's got to talk out loud about it because that's the only way she knows what she's thinking you don't know what you're thinking till you hear yourself say it so she starts by going vacation fabulous ah let's see you know we've talked about going to canada if we go to canada we could do this and this and this and yeah but we couldn't do that okay forget canada uh, supposing we go here and now we could do this this and this and so it goes and after about seven minutes she's heard nothing and she suddenly realizes that he hasn't said anything so she goes Wayne are you part of this conversation I haven't heard anything from you talk to me well since Dr. French understands quite a bit about male female differences he would be very wise to say something like this I'm still thinking keep talking when I come to a conclusion you'll be the first to know she goes back to talking and after about 15 minutes she comes up with the answer that she would like to propose now if he doesn't know that and tries to get her off his back by saying something he might say well you know Tibet Tibet sounds good to me she goes Tibet are you out of your ever-loving mind we are not taking the kids to tibet and now they spend the next 11 weeks arguing about tibet and some couples never even go on vacation so it behooves you to become a little more gender bilingual if somebody asks you out on a date the response could be how gender bilingual are you I like to date people who are gender bilingual <laughs> assuming that you are yourself all right does that give you a little bit of an idea about some of the differences and we know they happen but we didn't know the reason before so it's not going to get rid of the differences but you got the choice to have fun with it and it's just as hysterical as a broken crutch or get frustrated about it and have um, ineffective conversation so it was fun to get to see some of you again this year Lord Will and Creek don't rise I might get myself back over here next year and see what new research we have to talk about thank you